Career Anchor Part 5 This is the last episode of the Career Anchor series. We chat with the different colleagues and friends about why they come into building services. What is the impact of the mentor, the academic background, the first company they start, how they find the core value, and what is their perspective about the future of the building services. In this episode, I chat with one of my good friends, AJ Shaw, and you can find a totally different answer for the same question. My name is Ajay Shah. I'm at the moment head of sustainability for Modulus, which is a startup uh, construction tech company. My role set up the strategy for the entire business on the sustainability side will be about the operations, about the product, about the tech solution that we have. So I'm involved on all of those fronts. Infuse sustainability through every decision that the company makes. My background, I started off as a as an architect in India. So I graduated in 2001. And then I worked for a couple of years in India as an architect. And during that time, I used to do lots of sketching, lots of traveling, understanding, learning from observation of architecture, as well as doing architecture design. And while going, while traveling within India, doing sketching, I realized that for buildings to be successful, they have to relate to the uh, immediate context, to the environment. There has to be a way in which is taken as a very key part of a key consideration within the design of the building and how the users uh, and occupants will use the building. And that kind of led me to look for um, a master's in environmental design in where I was able to use, um, where I would, I would be able to learn how to use um, environment as part of building uh, to service the building, to deliver comfortable spaces hygienic spaces for building and that got me to ETH Eteha in Zurich where I went to do my master's in sustainable design and it was a it was a very interesting program um, where it was an independent self-study independent independent study program for like a year it took me like six months to kind of get my head around what I want to do and how I should go about doing it it was very open-ended And we started working on, I started working on my dissertation from day one. So the first day was discussing topics with the professor and saying what would work the best. And I thought it would be good to kind of, kind of come up with a strategy that architects and uh, developers could use to deliver sustainable uh, construction. I used a a base test case of Ahmedabad uh, in India as because I was very familiar with that city and the town and the climate. So for me, that came naturally. I would be able to come up with a process and approach to do, deliver sustainable construction. I also presented my research at Wholesome Sustainability Inaugural Conference. So I was invited to pres- uh, present in the student area. And I also presented it in a World Renewable Energy Conference in Florence, all around 2005-2004 and that really kind of got me going and kind of working more on it and I decided to come to UK but my base skills were still architecture so while I was looking around trying to find a solution of a, or a place to work in UK which would which would allow me to use my newfound skills of sustainable environmental design 
I realized that the market was still not right. This was 2000 and, uh, 2005 when I came to UK. Opportunities that were available at that time. So I started work assistant architect in an architecture practice. And after a year and a half, I realized that what I really want to learn and I'm kind of uh, is something which I won't be able to learn in an architecture practice. And that got me to, brought me to Atelier 10. It had sustainable design as an inherent part of building services design. Joined Atelier 10 back in 2006 and I was there for 13 years. Learning the basics of all, all three, how to kind of do the designing. And that was all kind of using the knowledge that I'd gained at the Eteha doing um, my master's program. I was applying all of that back into buildings and uh, developments and master plans that I was uh, I got the opportunity to work on. So initial days, a lot of it was about lots of analysis. So I did all kinds of analysis to kind of simulate um, the weather and how the building, a building design would actually respond to that weather. And in, in the process, how much energy would it use to run the building? So that was basically what we were simulating in uh, softwares, a wide variety of softwares. This would be about thermal modeling, um, carbon emissions calculations, uh, daylight calculations. And I did loads and loads of them for almost five, six years. And a lot of them calculations would be, so the, the process of design would be, we would start with first principles. And then as the design started evolving, we would then start backing it up with calculations and analysis. I asked AJ about what is the main driver, what is the core value. He changed the subject from the architect to environmental designer, doing all of the calculation. What is the main driver for that? The world in itself is very beautiful with lots of beautiful people, very nice people. And I wanted to leave, I always felt that it should stay like this or it should be better than this rather than it should degrade. And that is where I kind of felt very strongly that um, if I can, I should do my best to, to, to leave behind a world which is better or the same that I experienced. And that is where sustainability to me becomes a very core objective of what I want to do. And how I have gone about doing it. And I thought that the best way to do it would be to be in the thick of it. And that would be through joining a MEP company, MEP consultancy, where they are the ones who actually do the engineering. They, they are the ones who do the numbers. And th that has a big impact on uh, guiding the architectural design to the right objective, to getting to, to the right objective, but also engineering it it's simpler to kind of just sit and do the conceptual design, but where, where it takes a lot of effort is to see through it and convert it into an engineering design and deliver it. The next question I ask about the mentoring, who had the impact on AJ for his journey? My first job was as an architectural trainee back in India, and it was a very small company. And I think there's something that I really like about small companies is because you have a very good, um, you, you, you are able to have a very good uh, connection uh, with, with the main guys, the guys who have set up the company with a very strong vision. So I think th that works very well, specifically when you're starting off a career, 
you want to work in a company where you are able to speak with the you are able to be guided by the right people and this this small company where i did my i i was there for like uh, four months of internship but it really helped me because founder of the company was very designing and he had a very open way of looking at design and how to go about designing and he gave me loads of resources which were which he had to uh, so when I, i had a bit less of work he encouraged me to kind of look at buildings and analyze them study them design them or understand why the designs were done in cer- certain way and what impact it has on the users and also he encouraged me to read lots of different kinds of books and he actually took me to with him to his site visits to kind of understand the process not just on the design but also on the construction side so that i think was a great help and i i mean this was back like 20 years ago and since then i have been in touch with this with this person uh he's an architect in ahmedabad called himal shah and i have been so much in touch with him and i i always kind of go back to him maybe when i when i go back to india i always have a chat with him or maybe i go and visit him share my work with him and sh- look at what he has been doing and that engagement has been actually one of the longest lasting relationship i ever had professionally with someone because even when i moved away from hardcore architectural design into building services and sustainability it is always good to have a different perspective to what you do because a lot of times if you keep on talking with people from the same industry you kind of get into you get a bit disconnected with uh others who probably are not in the building services but are actually the people who are going to use your buildings very strong mentoring if you like not really a formal arrangement but it just happened because i enjoyed uh speaking with this person and learning from his experiences but also his feedback on what i used to do the next question i ask about the soft skill and academic impact on his journey I think university is um I learned a lot from university but that was more about the concepts behind how to uh, design uh, environmentally uh, efficient uh, responsive design building what I learned on the job was a lot about the softer skills somehow I wish my education had a lot more modules or Uh, more ex- more exposure of working on the softer skills but over the 13 years that i worked as a consultant to lots of high profile architecture on lots of high profile architecture projects you kind of slowly learn through your engagements through discussions going to meetings uh, going to building sites to actually understand perspectives from all all consultants all parties involved and i think that is the most important critical bit and that is understanding where others are coming from and kind of empathizing with their situation and why their drivers behind how they respond to it negotiate between all these different parties to come to a balanced approach so i mean one very important thing is being honest about it being very clear about it but also kind of working with their aspirations say look if you want to do a bream excellent building these are all the things that you would have to do the last question about future of the building services and what is his perspective about the building services in general 
building industry, what I have learned through this entire process is there are lots of lack of continuity in the process. It's a, it's a very broken up process. So you have in, in a typical construction project, you have a, you initially work with a very core design team, which would be an architect, landscape architect, structural engineer, MEP engineers. And as you slowly start developing the design, you bring in more consultants, you get to a stage where it is ready for planning application. Once the planning consent comes, some of the team may already have dispersed. You have new people joining the team. After, after working through another few months, that is some a lot of times uh, contractors can start coming in as part of a two-stage design and build contract, for example. So contractors bring in their value. Sometimes the contractors don't even come until the tender drawings are ready. And that is when the contractors would be selected. That That is your uh, conventional uh, approach of doing construction here. Um, so there is always gaps in handing over the project. So the project may have started with the biggest and strongest ambitions ever. But by the time it gets to the construction site and through series of value engineering processes, reduce uh, budgets, uh, kind of bringing the project within the budget of project, all of that leads to a lot of where things lose out. People don't even know why things were designed in the first place because that continuity of personal through the life of a project is not there. Just because also projects take a very long time to get from initial doodles, conceptual doodles to construction and handover on site. So that process is a very extended process and in a, and it just feels very broken up and it doesn't really relate to the modern life, which is very fast moving with the technology, things, things kind of change. There's a quantum uh, change in how technology is. I mean, what we had 10 years ago, when you think of it, that Google was non-existent until early 2000s. And you're like, that. that is incredible. Or even Facebook or there is such a rapid change in life and how people lifestyles because of this change in technology. Whereas the construction process is still, we, we are still doing things the same way we were doing 100 years ago or 200 years ago. The process has not changed as much as, it, as the rest of the world has changed. And I think for building services, um, to, uh, it is very important that building services are very well integrated into the design of a building. And for that, it has to respond much more rapidly with in real time with change in, changes in design. The approach to building services needs to be radically uh, rethought. I mean, the, still, there's a lot of uh, linear processes involved in doing building design you have frozen set of drawings from the architects and then uh, it will take one month for the public health engineers to come back with their pipe sizes or for mechanical engineers to come back with their duct sizes and the requirements for plant room kind of really creates lots of pauses in the building construction process and in the building design process and um, you lose the momentum and it just takes too long and it shouldn't be so long. People who is handing over has no clue why certain things were designed. A transfer of information that by the time you hand over and you, you, you we can do a building user guide, but people who are writing the building user guide are not the ones who have designed the building. 
I'm giving the helping hand to new users to and teaching them how to use it. And a lot of times that do, that doesn't happen. And you end up having buildings where the building services are not used in the way in it, which it was designed because people who are using it are not equipped enough to use it the correct way. Uh, so you have very, very complex design buildings are designed for the right intent intention to kind of reduce the energy use or to for all the right intentions but because of the users and the way they use it because they are not taught how to use it correctly the building may end up using twice or three times more carbon emissions more energy than what it was initially intended to do 